bit chaotic than normal. Uh, okay, two thirty in here. Yeah, that's right. I'll, I'll, I'll come by Florence and add. Sorry for starting late. I was just I was really enjoying the panel that was in here before, and I'm like, ah, oh, you go a little further. And I was like, oh god, there's people outside now. I feel like a complete jerk. Um, is there anybody under eighteen in here? Does it matter? You don't count. I don't count. Uh, okay. I don't kind of count, but I, I may I may swear accidentally and I apologize because I'm tired and hungover and uh, so, some of the, the some of the nature of this conversation can occasionally turn to things that make me angry uh, depending on has anybody seen this panel before okay I'm trying to remember what, what I did last time this this panel has basically five branching directions that it can possibly go it is the choose your own adventure panel um, I'm trying to remember what I did last time. There may be some repeat. I will try really hard not to, but I, I legitimately don't remember exactly if this was we got into like, like weird growing up stories or Admiral Perry or any of the other weird stuff. Uh, okay, yeah. This panel exists because of Jan Scott Fraser, um, who I assume you all know who Jan is. Um, Jan Gupp does a really good panel about her, her life. She is not doing it at this con, sadly, but she does this phenomenal uh, panel about her, her life and everything that she's done. And she has had a spectacularly interesting life uh, filled with adventure and, and traveling the world and being shot at and being like, like it, it, is, it, is a, it is a spectacularly interesting life and I look forward to her writing like several books about the, the strangeness that, that uh, she has gone through. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, have I, I've only kind of been shot at once. Didn't really count. I don't think they were actually aiming to hit. Uh, but that's a, well that is a story. Uh, how this panel usually works is I'm going to start, start off on some tangent, and um, while I'm talking, I will occasionally come up for air. And at some point, you are welcome to raise your hand and either ask a question. Um, I usually recommend questions that are less anime-based, although if you ask an anime-based one, I may like decide that it is interesting in some way, or I might go, no, and just keep moving. Um, and the questions and the things that people ask sort of direct the flow of conversation. Uh, this is a very random uh, panel, and so it, back to Jan. So I saw Jan do this panel on her life and, and sort of the strange things she did, and I was like, I've had a very, very weird experience, and, and my life kind of doesn't make any sense, and I don't really talk about it very much. It doesn't come up in my normal life, so I've sort of acclimated to the real world. Um, but it's, it's, it's an interesting perspective in like how, how I sort of ended up working in anime and how I ended up going to these conventions and how I ended up living the life that I'm living is, is sort of odd and kind of amusing. <laughs> so I, I've decided this is going to be the one time during my year when I actually talk about myself because it feels weird. to you, you know how it is. It feels weird to talk about yourself. So, all right, here we go. A little late. I'll get through the first part quick. Uh, my name is Talison Jaffe. I'm a voice director and voice actor and script adapter for Japanese animation and, and for video games. And I've been doing that for uh, on and off now for 20 years. Uh, normally say I'm older than I look, except that I'm pretty hungover, so I probably look my age right now. Uh, I could probably deal with like 12 hours of sleep and, and a shave at this point and some more hair dye. 
Uh, <laughs> um, I originally started, I started as a child actor, and I, I, I worked as a child actor for uh, 15 years, uh, from the time I was six months old to the time I was approximately 14, uh, 13, 13, 14 years old, I suppose, is when it kind of ended. Um, so with that, uh, and I come from a family, I came from a family that was a, a film industry family, and before there was a film industry family, it was a theater family. Um, going back four or five generations, my, my great-grandmother uh, was, a, was a film actress in the silent era. Uh, my great-grandfather was a film producer in the silent era and married a silent film actress, because that's how things worked. Um, my grandparents worked in the industry, my parents worked in the industry, my generation is kind of the first generation where people really did anything different. All of my uncles, my aunts, everybody. We have one uncle who became a lawyer. We don't really talk to him. <laughs> he made his life choices. <laughs> the whole family's like, oh, the lawyer, God. Uh, <laughs> oh, Uncle Peter. Um, so. I started working before I could talk. So there's, I don't actually have any memories of not being a working professional uh, from my childhood. I don't have, I, I worked enough and worked pretty consistently. I made a movie called Mr. Mom, which runs on television on occasion. Uh, I did two years on a sitcom called She's the Sheriff, which is one of the 100 worst rated sitcoms in history. Uh, <laughs> I'm on the list. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's one, I'm very proud of it, it's terrible and I love it. Um, and it's actually the show that, that ended me up here and I'll get into that in a second. Um, so, the first weird thing about that is that when you work as a child actor, you don't actually go to school. Um, which is one of the bonuses of being a child actor is that they have, you have a tutor on the stage and four to six hours a day you are in school, which is a room with you and maybe one other kid and a teacher. And so I didn't actually ever have to talk to any other kids. I didn't really know any. Uh, I didn't have to. And there were really none around. Uh, and it, a lot of child, I've talked to enough, uh, enough other child actors to know that this is a very similar, they have a very similar experience where because you don't actually meet any children, you start to kind of relate to people in a very adult sense. Like you're expected, you're on set and you're working and you're expected to sort of relate even if you're seven or eight years old as an adult. And people won't treat you like an adult. They'll treat you like a kid, but they expect you to return that with, with a very adult attitude. And you're there to work and you're there to get stuff done and you have to be on cue and on, and on. to have your lines memorized. You have to be ready to, to work and get your staging down. And at eight. <laughs> Uh, so you kind of morph into this weird creature, which is neither child nor adult, and uh, and just sort of the the some would either say the worst of both or the best of both, depending on your point of view. Um, and the only thing you actually know about real children, children is you're expected to act like them for like 30 seconds at a time. Um, in this in this very television film theory of what they are. So the the only the only kids I saw were the kids that I played or the kids I saw on television. Uh, I had no actual real references to what normal people acted like. <laughs> um, but she's the sheriff, and again, at any point, if you want to raise your, your, your hand, I'll, yes, I'll. You didn't have any siblings, did you? Well, <laughs> good question. 
Uh, I ended up. I, I do. I have a. I have a. I'm the oldest, so I had. I had eight years. The first eight years, I didn't have anything. We're all about eight years apart. I had a little brother, and he's crazy in his own right and homeschooled, uh, and <laughs> brilliant, in, insane child. And then eight years younger than that, I have a little sister who's who's uh, just now turned eighteen and going to college. And then below her, I have a little brother. Um, all of us by different fathers, I might have, we're all stepbrothers. My mother has a problem committing to one idea. Um, <laughs> I'm getting to my mother at some point, too. Um, <laughs> uh, but She's the Sheriff was really interesting. It was, this, it was a sitcom uh, about Suzanne Summers. I'm like using names that none of you will know because you're all too young. No, I don't I'm pretty... Okay, this side of the... Of the <laughs> This side is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This side is. All right. <laughs> the thigh master lady. Yeah, the thigh master lady. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, the thigh master lady. Super sweet, very nice. Um, but the cool thing about that show, it was like about like she played the sheriff of Lake Tahoe and it was like a woman sheriff. Oh, zany, wacky. Uh, hilarity ensues because it awesome. it's a woman who's kind of hot and uh, she's a cop. Uh, whoa. Uh, <laughs> it was a different time, um, but most of the cat, like an enormous amount of the cast, were voice actors. Um, with, uh, Lou Richards was on the cast, and Lou Richards was the, the basically all of the male hero voices for Hanna Barbera. He was Galtar from Galtar and the Golden Lance. He was Flash wow. Gordon from Defenders of the Earth. He just had this great, beautiful voice. Um, uh, Pat Carroll, Pat Carroll, who played the grandmother on the show, was the voice of Ursula the Sea Witch. Uh, she looks like Ursula too. She's like, oh yeah, she was like she was this large grandmother who was saucy. She was great. She was also like Garfield's grandmother. She did all sorts of stuff. So like I really I got fascinated by the whole concept of doing voices for cartoons, and we had people come on the show. We had the voice of Rainbow Bright. Did a, did a, she was an interesting. She was an interesting uh, person. And, uh, couple and just just through through the the little like the, the kids that you would meet who are also actors. I met some of the kids who were on the Punky Brewster cartoon and it's weird stuff. Yes, there was a Punky Brewster cartoon. It was a thing. Yes, there's a character called. <laughs> what was the name of the floating like? Oh God! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, that, thank you for bringing that back. Uh, <laughs> God, I don't remember. I remember like the names of all the characters in Rainbow Bright, but I don't remember the name of the little creature from Funky Brewster. I know they killed uh, it in, in like Robot Chicken or something. They did. Oh, God bless Robot Chicken. <laughs> um, so I did this for 13, 13, 14 years. I guess I, I did this up until about about uh, freshman year of high school. I was I worked as an as actor, and I didn't. I really didn't go to elementary school particularly. I maybe spent a couple months in a real elementary school. I didn't really do junior high school. I spent some time in a junior high school, but it was a performing arts junior high school in Los Angeles, so all the other kids were working actors <laughs> and barely there. So we're all kind of like not, we weren't really real. Uh, we were all kind of, LA has a weird reputation for being a fake city, and, it's, and, it, and it kind of is, but not in a bad way. I don't really, it's, it's one of those things that's hard to, to, to describe to people that Everybody is deeply superficial, but in a very unsuperficial way. Uh, uh, we all we all know that it's an illusion, and we 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 uh, celebrate it. 
uh, I suppose, is that no one's pretending that it's real, uh, which is which is great because it sort of makes us feel a little superior because we're like everywhere else they don't they they think it is real but we know it's not. And it's fabulous. It's so pompous. It's great. Um, it's a fun city. I highly recommend if you ever get a chance come to LA, go to Disneyland. It's it's wonderful. Um, so at 13, I I or a little I guess. 15, 13, 15, somewhere in there. It's all fuzzy. I normally have notes, again, some, boom, 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 some at some point. Um, I, I decide I wanna see what real life is like, and I wanna, like, I'm done. And specifically, I'm done because I have, an, one of the things, that everyone knows kind of what an audition is, right? They give you like three or four pages of something to read. You memorize three or four pages, you go into a room, you sit in a room with 30 other people who look weirdly like you, uh, in like, like, like a police lineup. Um, and they're all with their pages, learning their five pages, and then you all go in a room one at a time and have somebody manhandle you in a really unpleasant way. Um, I have one, one of my favorites that I ever did was I went to a room and before I even got to read, they just grabbed my mouth and opened it and looked at my teeth and said, no, next. <laughs> like a racehorse. <laughs> I was like nine, I'm like, well that was inappropriate. Yeah, right. I don't want your peanut butter commercial, you can suck it. Um, it was a peanut butter commercial. Um, it, it, <laughs> so this day, the audition that I was going for was Baywatch. Uh, thank you. And it was possibly the worst three pages of copy I'd ever seen in my entire life. And, the, and like, as a 13 or 14 year old, are going, "This is a this is a piece of shit. This is terrible. This is, this is ungodly. No one talks this way. It's saccharine and it's awful and I hate it. And it's supposed to be this deep, meaningful conversation between a kid and his grandfather and it is just hilariously bad. Like, I'm trying to read it. It's this very emotional scene and I keep cracking up because it's so, it's like trying to bond with his grandfather about like, like, toweling himself off in the shower. It's so weird and so like, like somebody has deep emotional issues that wrote this and I, I can't quite hang. And I'm through the giggles, my father in a moment of, of, of annoyance says, well, if you can't take this seriously, maybe you should be doing it. And I took a second, I'm like, oh my God, you're right. <laughs> I'm about to go into a room with 30 people who look disturbingly like me, like a police lineup, and they have been working on this all day and they haven't been laughing. They are, this is important to them. I am disrespecting them by going into this room giggling like an asshole, so. Uh, call my agent, I quit. <laughs> I'm done, I don't wanna do this anymore. And I did, and uh, I, within a week I, cut my hair into, not quite this, but was like, I wanna have a haircut that isn't a haircut that I have specifically so I can get hired for work. And I'm gonna dye my hair funny colors. And I'm gonna go to a school. And I'm gonna do homework. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to a school and like, there's gonna be like drama and people are gonna be weird and there's gonna be math class and it's gonna be awesome. I get to learn all about all the things that I pretend to, to be for money. Uh, that I'm going to blow on stupid stuff when I'm older. So, <laughs> bless it. So, it's, when you were a child actor, that was early for child actors as, as we know them now. You know, we saw a bunch of train wrecks happen recently. Well, okay, here's, here's the interesting thing. We had train wrecks. We absolutely had train wrecks. Um, there, there, were, there were tons of train wrecks, but like, 
the, the, the thing about train wrecks and this is, is that you don't hear about the success stories. Um, everyone thinks all child actors turn out really shittily because, because five people snapped. And that's five people out of about 2,000. Which, I mean, which is about a, a pretty reasonable number for, based off the general population for people in high-pressure environments. And, and so, you know, five, but like, you, you, don't, you don't read about the well-adjusted actors who are like, yeah, I, I, I worked as a kid, I made, made some decent money, and now uh, uh, I work in a video game company. And you're like, all right. Never robbed a 7-Eleven, never shaved my head on the TV, never ended up in a diaper wandering through traffic. <laughs> Just, you know, made some poor decisions in tequila. Other than that, pretty fine. Um, yeah, I mean, like, it's one of those things. It's like postal workers going nuts. It's sure, some postal workers go nuts, but an awful lot of them don't. An awful lot of them just go home and play some Madden. It's really, you know, <laughs> blow off some steam. Um, there's probably, a, I mean, like, the pressure is definitely weird, and I'll definitely say that, that, that adjusting to reality was not uh, an easy process. Um, I went to a boarding school. That was my first, like, real school experience uh, in, in, in the real world, is I went to a boarding school in Colorado. Yeah. Uh, in, uh, in the Roaring Fork Valley. Uh, that's right. I'm, I'm, so I, I left Los Angeles, came to Colorado, went to a boarding school in the Roaring Fork Valley, and discovered, discovered that children are terrible. Uh, vile, awful creatures who are just filled with, with hate and, and vitriol and um, they, they were not my friends. Uh, and I was, I had spent my entire young life is surrounded by very intelligent, reasonable people who, who had work to do and treated me with respect and and <laughs> oh, oh wow! And, and so I was under the impression this is how people communicated in the world. Was like you know you're respectful and you talk things through and you figure everything out and it's great. And you you know and like and there was some like I was aware of what bullying was because I'd seen plenty of television bullying and like you know, <laughs> I was aware. Hey, give me your lunch money and like you know like whatever. And. <laughs> And I get to the boarding school, and I'm really small. I'm I'm a tiny. I like as an actor, being small for your age is really good because you can be eight years old and play five. And that like they'd much rather have an eight year old playing a five year old than a five year old playing a a, a five year old because yeah. an eight year old will actually be conscious enough to like do interesting stuff. So that was one of my big bonuses was I was really I was really young looking for my age. You weren't aware that an entire school could be bullies. Well, beyond that, like, bullying in my head was very much an ABC afternoon special kind of thing. And, and, <laughs> and I had this, like, vague theory of what it looked like, uh, you know, from, like, from television specials. And, and then I had also decided, yeah, yeah, I can do anything I want to my hair. So I'd started growing my hair really long and was, like, this, had this very effeminate, beautiful, long blonde hair at the time um, that I'd been growing all summer. I was very proud of. Um, and the first thing I hear out of the mouths of the other child is, children, is the phrase, duckin'. <laughs> and the next thing I know, I'm duct taped to a post. Oh. Uh, being used as a punching bag <laughs> for a good couple hours. <laughs> and I was like, well, I think I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> um, uh, it was not funny at the time, but now it's pretty funny. Um, 
in perspective, in perspective, everything can become funny eventually. Um, I know this to be true. This is one of the things I've learned: is everything after enough time, after enough time, everything is funny. Cancer is funny eventually. There is funny cancer. Uh, it just needs to be really old cancer. Uh, remember that tumor? That was awesome. It's a good way to live life. I I was about to say I have my 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 cousin had a tumor the size of like a small grapefruit pulled out of her chest when she was fourteen, and now every now and then, it, every now and then it's like it's like you know the best part of you came out with a you know surgical tool and chemo. And like, oh, wow. <laughs> She's like, I look better bald than you do. <laughs> Love my cousin. Uh, yeah, even cancer is eventually funny. Uh, everything is eventually funny. It just sometimes can take a couple hundred years. Um, so yes, bullying can eventually be funny with the right perspective. Uh, and uh, so I spend I spend a year in change at this school just getting the shit kicked out of me uh, on a daily basis and realizing that perhaps I needed to do something. Um, and I just get weirder, and again, raise your hand if you want me to go out. This is apparently becoming this talk. I, sometimes this turns into a whole thing about like the history of Japan and Admiral Perry. Apparently, <laughs> did I do Admiral Perry last time? So. Oh good, so you're getting a brand new show, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I hate to repeat myself. Uh, so, so yeah, I spent a year getting, like, and, and their story, I have stories that are just horrific. Uh, and I was not the only kid being bullied. It was it was a lot of people, and it was just uh, intense. There was bleeding. There was there was uh, there was there was bleeding. There was sexual assault. There was there was lockers with things being thrown at them. There was uh, some very creative uses of snow uh, <laughs> and ice. Um, baseball bats, like yeah, like a broken bot, like so much, like. De genuinely creative, like 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 Martha Stewart level, level shit. Was this school or was this Compton? Uh, you know, weirdly, I've spent time in Com Compton. People are nice in Compton. <laughs> Com Compton, like like if, if you if you look a little nerdy in Compton, like people will pull over and go, "Man, are you sure you want to be here? Like, do you need something? Like, do you, do you, you look like you're lost. We, do you need help? Do you need anything?" Like, yeah, everyone's really nice in Compton. It's remarkably chill. Uh, it's a good place for your car to break down. Whole another story. Um, <laughs> man, I got drunk that night. Um, yeah, no. Uh, and tire fires are amusing. Another fun Compton story. Um, yeah, L.A. People are nice in L.A. That's, mostly people are nice. Um, but yeah, no, it was a year of just awful. And at some point in the middle of this terrible, terrible thing and all this terrible stuff happening. Um, I have what can only be described as a full-on, beautiful, classic nervous breakdown. Uh, I just don't have, I don't have the emotional skills to deal with this, because it's, it, I was never really a kid, I didn't, like, there's all these things that you learn that you're not supposed to, and like, I, uh, at this point, my hair is a mess at this point, because they set my hair on fire in Spanish class, and it all burned up in this big mess. And so I've just got these like tough, spiky, weird, very punk rock actually, I was kind of proud of it by the end. Um, punk rock, tufted hair at that point. Uh, oh, the smell of burning hair is awful. Um, um, <laughs> still funny. Um, you can laugh, it's totally okay, I can laugh. It's, it's, we're all good, it's, it's 
in a long time. And every, every you know, I've, I've had my revenge. Um, <laughs> it was beautiful. Uh, what? But you can't I, say you had cr for criminal reasons, I can't really get into it. But um, the statute of limitations isn't up yet. No, weirdly, weirdly, the statute of limitations on 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 arsenic is really there's like some rules about. Well, no, never mind. But, <laughs> uh, one finger for every day of pain. Uh, <laughs> I, I kind of kid. Um, I will get into that story too, actually. Why not? That's a fun one. So, uh, so one day I have a full-on nervous breakdown and just lose my, like, it's just been, it's been awful. And, like, one of the kids who I was kind of sort of friends with has finally left the school because he was, like, assaulted on a level that was, like, near breakdown level. And, and the kid who, like, beat the crap out of him got thrown out put into a mental institution because he was a crazy person. And all of this stuff has happened. And I just have this like twilight of the soul, intense freak out. And then I wake up early in the morning, the sun hasn't even come up, and I just feel different. And I'm not quite sure what happened, but uh, there's, there's this intense feeling of, of, of understanding. Like I suddenly, I suddenly understand everything that's happened on this weird nonverbal level. And I drag all of my furniture from my dorm room out into the snow, um, my, my chair, my side table and my stereo, and I, I grab some soda, and I'm in my boxers at this point, and there's snow outside, and we're by this like little ice lake that's by the dorm room, the, the, the dorm, and I set up my little chair, and I'm like, I'm gonna watch the sunrise. I bet it's gonna be a really pretty sunrise. And I'm sitting with my soda and my bathrobe and my boxer shorts in the snow, and my chair, with my side table and my, my stereo playing some music and just watching the sunrise, drinking my, drinking my soda. And as the sun starts to rise, the rest of the dorm slowly wakes up and they see this and no one really comments. <laughs> um, a bunch of them kind of grab a soda, come outside and join me. We don't talk, we just sort of watch the sunrise and I'm like, all right. And then I drag all my furniture back into my room and I'm never messed with ever again. And I... <laughs> That's the end of that. And I wish I could say exactly what it was that happened, if it was just a shift in my own perspective, or if it was like, like if somehow the, my furniture set was threatening. I don't know. But it was just never spoken of again, and, it was, and suddenly it stopped. As, as quickly as it has begun with the word duckum, it stopped with a sunrise, and that was, yes. Was it because you don't fuck with crazy? I, I wonder. I, I, I genuinely wonder, because there was plenty, I, I thought that for a while, but there was plenty of crazy at that school that they did fuck with. But it's quiet crazy. It's completely it might, it was It was quiet crazy as opposed to, like, German exchange student crazy. <laughs> I wish I could remember his name. He had some bad stuff happen to him. He, oh, that one time with the hammock was so, God. He got, he got, he got tied up in a hammock and used as a pinata from the second floor. And they oh. left him there. They left him there overnight, and he had almost chewed his way out of the hammock. Did you not have adults around? It was surprisingly unsupervised. Uh, you picked like the worst boarding school. I did. Well, like I've gone back since and like had conversations with people, and like, no, your year was there was like something. There was like a satanic pack that had like my year was like an enormous number of people from my year at that school got expelled, like a, a, a double digit percentage 
Uh, yeah, there was something in the water that year where people just went, like, and one kid was bullied so bad that he actually had a psych psychotic break and went blind. Like, just like his brain went like freaked out and like his eyesight shut off. There was nothing physically wrong with him, it just stopped working. And like, I was like, man, I wish I had thought of that. That's genius. Uh, whoa, that's commitment. Uh, yeah, that was just one of the, and like, and like, I have friends who've been to that school since, and they're like, it wasn't that bad. I'm like, I know, it was my year, or the year, fine. Um, one of my good friends went there like about a, a decade after I did. Uh, but yeah, so I like I had this freak out and everything was fine. I was like, you know, I'm moving back to LA. Colorado is not working for me. Uh, I, I I don't I don't I don't want to fit in here. Uh, I'm gonna go home. And I went back to LA. There's um, a story I was gonna get into. Yes. Ah, revenge. We'll get to that. Um, so I go back to LA and and, uh, and I I just commit to wearing a lot of black clothing. Uh, like you do, and listening to the sort of music you listen to when you wear a lot of black clothing in the 80s. 90s. Um, listen to a lot of the Cure. Oh, so much Cure, Black Cage for the Girls, Pesh Mode. It's, it's, it's happened at Bauhaus. Oh, oh Bauhaus. <laughs> uh, and I've become that kid. And it, it, it's kind of spectacular because after, the, the nice thing about that level of bullying and, and anybody who's, on the, who's gotten to the other end of it, like if you're in the middle of it, I, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> I wish I could tell you how to how to make it stop. I genuinely don't know how it how it happens. Just one day it does, for no reason whatsoever. Um, but after after that, I realized I was no longer afraid of anything anymore. Um, that eventually fear came back eventually, but I had a good five years of no fear whatsoever. Uh, just because, uh, and this is held true. The worst thing that ever happened to me had already happened. So I'm like, I've got a long time before something worse than high school happens. Like it's gonna be, it's gonna be like the hospitalization when I'm when I'm 70 and like things start breaking down. Will be the next time I'm like, okay, this is worse than high school. Um, but in the meantime, I've had like intense depressive episodes. I've had mild psychotic breaks. I've had uh, people die on me. I've had uh, all sorts of terrible things. Nothing has been as bad as high school. That's over with. <laughs> and so, like, any as bad as it gets, I'm like, well, it's still not that bad. Woo! Uh, rock and roll. Uh, and I'm being evicted. Uh, <laughs> still not as bad as high school. It's just, yep, all my stuff's on the curb, and, and my cats just run away because I can't keep them. I'm like, I don't care. It's not, I'm not in high school. Um, but yeah, not having even the slightest bit of fear. It's just, I get a good sunrise out of it. And uh, yeah, no, the first day I'm back in my new school, I have one guy like like ABC afternoon special style try and hustle me for my lunch money because this is not a crazy school now. This is a normal school where bullying is just like, give me your food. And I, I go so Christian Slater on him. <laughs> just, nah! And that's the end of that. Uh, you don't mess with crazy. Um, but you have to like, but I was, it was just sane enough to know precisely how much crazy I could do before getting into trouble for being the crazy kid. So there's a fine line to walk. Um, so at that point I'm like, I need to do something fun with my life because life is short and terrible things happen and you should really enjoy yourself. Uh, you should enjoy yourself in a way that doesn't harm others and I'm in the mood, I don't want to be a jerk because I've had enough of jerks. And although I can see the appeal, um, 
and I'm, I decide that I'm gonna get at, at 17, I'm like, I'm in the mood for an internship. Uh, high school's boring. High school's boring, I don't, I'm not enjoying, the, I'd like even the people, unless they're people I downright love, and I had people in high school after, that was like, all right, I'm just gonna make real relationships and be honest with people and be totally cool and I'm gonna make these wonderful relationships. And there's people I still talk to and we still love each other and it's great and you know, shit goes bad, we call each other and it's, it's awesome. Uh, really great relationships worth having. For every one that goes sour, you'll have four that like maintain and it's awesome. The one that goes sour really sucks, but the, the rest are good. Um, don't let that, don't let the, dissuade you from, from being honest and open with people. With that, um, so I decide I want to be a coroner because that sounds awesome. Uh, <laughs> I like dead, dead people don't have judgments. That sounds great. I'm gonna I'm gonna be in a room with people who I can talk to and, and they'll do nothing but agree with me. Um, not 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 not. Um, <laughs> so I I start on that path and and get it and. It's not even an internship. I basically, I basically make friends with a bunch of people at the UCLA coroner's office, and they let me start taking some of the base classes. I get to watch human dissections, and I'm having a great time. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm well suited for the work. <laughs> uh, it was. It was. A, it was a great time. It was a fun time, and they were. I mean, like it was, it was a very punk rock era at the at the UCLA coroner's department, which is no longer a punk rock era. Uh, People got in trouble. <laughs> so, one, long after I left, there were like some very iffy usages of donated bodies. Oh. I know. I didn't think they were iffy usages. I thought they were perfectly reasonable. <laughs> uh, but apparently, there are rules. Uh, but had and, and was starting to go in that direction and decide that this is a perfect thing for me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do this with my life. And then. That's why. Oh, you lost that speech, oh. and I was like, what happened? <laughs> I did that. And then... I'll talk loudly until I finish putting this together. And then there was a toy store opening up near my house that would specialize in Japanese toys. And I'm like, I need, I'm loving my little, like, pseudo-internship, but I need money. Because I, I was, like, 17 at this point, my other five. And I, was, and I was done living at home. I'd had enough of that. And I was like, you know, I'm 17. I'm sure I can like, pull together enough money to live by myself or with a couple roommates and not have to deal with this. Uh, and so I got a job at a Japanese toy store. Uh, and after a while, they decided that I was amusing and uh, ended up moving me up and up the chain. I eventually became the manager of the Japanese toy store. It was called the Joy Store. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, that's weird. Uh, <laughs> and it was, and being the manager of a Japanese toy store in Los Angeles was kind of spectacular because. Um, okay, it was a mob front. It wasn't really a toy store. Uh, uh, there, it was. It was basically a way of laundering money. So they didn't really care what I did with the place. I could kind of just run it however I wanted, and it was like I went mad with power. Um, <laughs> And so we would like stay open all night sometimes and just because there was a restaurant next door that was open all night called Ed DeBevix. Uh, uh, and it was, the, it was a, one of the restaurants they based off of the restaurant Pulp Fiction. It was like a 50s cafe with really expensive, uh, they had the $12 shake. And it was mostly uh, hip hop musicians that went there at like, in the, like at 2 a.m. in the morning and they played like booty rap videos like really loud. 
but it was all 50s themed. It was so weird, but it was just, it's gone now, but it was like this landmark place where like all of these like intense uh, hip hop musicians in Los Angeles would go in the middle of the night for $12 milkshakes. Um, and then they would like drunkenly come over and like go to the Japanese toy store <laughs> and, and go through the stuff. And we would, I mean like, and, and the, the place kind of got a reputation for being sketchy and weird. Uh, it, was, and it was great, I was so proud. And so we'd, we'd have like high school kids come over and be like, I've just had three tabs of acid and uh, I don't really know what's going on. And we're like, come on into the store. And we'd just lock the door. <laughs> you want some toys to play with? You want to watch some cartoons? What do you need? And like, just... <laughs> and, uh, all right. Eventually, you know, send them back home to their parents who do let them wander the streets on drugs. Great parents. So many great parents. <laughs> Running a toy store, you really get to see some of the dynamics of like family. Yes. So I know we're kind of running out of time, so can we hear the revenge? Wow. Oh, whoa. Am I going to... All right, is anybody recording this? I am. Do you want me to stop? All right, stop. Right now. <laughs> If you are here, if you are here for the for the latest Star Trek panel, you're in the wrong place. So this right here is superheroes on screen, oversaturated, or raising the bar. We hope they have the strength to raise the bar, but let's find out what's going to happen on this. And we'll start with introductions, and we will start with. I'm Betsy Dorbush. I write epic fantasy, mostly some other things too, and um, my latest series is Books uh, of the Seven Eyes. Uh, the second of which just came out this year, Emissary. And I also edit the magazine Electric Spec for one more issue, and then I'm retiring for 10 years. Um, I'm Jean Stein, and under the name Jean Stein, I write the Dennis Strong Vampire Chronicles series, and then under S.J. Harper, I write the Holland Siren series. And this is basically the Urban Fantasy. Hi, I'm Carrie Bond. I'm best known for the Urban Fantasy series that I wrapped up with Book 14 this summer, Kitty um, Saves the World. And uh, I do a lot of other things as well. I write for Wild Cards. Um, I have a steampunk short story series on Lightspeed. Um, my next book coming out is a space opera called Study Abroad, uh, coming out in May. Mm -hmm. That sounds really cool. Well, That's great. That's a great title. Yeah. Right, I'm Gary Jonas. I mostly write urban fantasy. I do the Jonathan Shade series and some other stuff as well. I am Chuck Anderson. I mostly write micro fiction. And um, I have a series called Unsolary. All right, very good. So, uh, the obvious answer on this particular particular subject, if you say, is it oversaturated or is it just getting going and we're having a great time? Depends on whether or not you like superheroes and whether or not you think they're doing a decent job. If if you think the movies suck and the shows suck, then yeah, it's it's oversaturated. And if it's you think they're doing a great job, you're watching Daredevil, you go, that's that's awesome. Then yeah, they're doing great stuff. And I think it's it's a mix of of both. But so, kind of run it down and get opening thoughts on this, and then we're just going to riff on it. Well, to me, the movies are oversaturated because, um, like, I really enjoyed Daredevil because they really dug into character, and I'm more interested in that, and a lot of the movies just are too flashbang to spend a ton of time on character. Um, I mean, Batman accepted. Um, but I don't, I don't see, honestly, a ton of the movies. I'm kind of... 
they, they seem sometimes a little dumbed down, but I could be wrong because I've not seen some of them, so it might be just the trailers, or it might be my 16-year-old son going, this is awesome, and me going, yeah, I probably won't like it then. <laughs> so. Yeah, and, I, and I have to. Uh, I'm mixed, I guess. Yeah. I do. I do agree with Betsy too, because I don't watch. I don't see a lot of the movies until they come up on Netflix. And then yeah. One of those, and then I see them. And all because usually they're disappointing. Um, I'm gonna say right off the bat, but I think my favorite favorite superhero uh, trilogy was The Dark Knight. Mm -hmm. um, the, that Batman died. That just grabbed me, and I think it was because it was so much. Why are you so? Because it was, I know, because it was so much character, so much character. I, I really like that. I am in heaven. I am absolutely loving this. And, you know, I, I go back and think about it. And I did grow up in the 70s. I was a little kid in the 70s, so I was watching Wonder Woman and The Incredible Hulk and Bionic Woman and Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Does anybody remember that? And so that was in Super Friends, and it's like so... So those, those are all what I watched when I was a very impressionable young age. And and then there was like this vast wasteland. Like, I remember when, if you wanted a live-action superhero movie, you had Joel Schumacher's Batman movies. And that's it. That's all there was. And we all went to it, and we hated it, and we bitched about it, because we knew it was bad, but it was all there was, so we went. Um, and now... I have choices. <laughs> I, you know what? I did not go see the new Fantastic Four movie because it looked awful. And I said to myself, I do not have to go see this movie because I've got a good superhero movie over here. I can go see it instead. <laughs> and, um, and I love having choice. I think it is raising the bar. I think uh, at least the smart makers are realizing that, yes, they have to do more with character. I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe because I do think that they they do character. I, I love The Flash and Arrow. I yeah. love Daredevil. Oh my gosh, I can't wait for Jessica Jones. Um, I love that, I, I do think the bar is being raised and I am in heaven right now. It's great. I'll tell you where to be. <laughs> yeah, right? I will rant. I have so many superhero movie rants, so I'll yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm really happy that Daredevil came out. But, and it's just awesome. But um, it's it's so overwhelming that time. Like the new Ant-Man, I couldn't. I just haven't had the chance to see it yet because there's there's just so much stuff that's coming out now, and I'm sure another season's coming in with another superheroes, and I'm still catching up. It's, it's just hard. Makes sense. I know I'm supposed to be, you know, sort of. I don't know. Objective about this, but I can't be because I grew up like Harry. I grew up in the '70s and. I grew up reading Marvel comics and watching the Six Million Dollar Man and Buck Rogers and Incredible Hulk, all the same sorts of things. To me, this again is heaven. It's because the Marvel, what Marvel is doing, is just so amazing. I hated Man of Steel. Okay, that that movie sucked. One of the worst movies I've ever seen. And you know, Superman breaking somebody's neck uh, after these guys breaking up buildings and throwing each other. That looks good on the screen, except for like they're killing people. That's not Superman. That doesn't work for me. You know? I do like Batman. Batman was always my favorite superhero as a, as a kid because he developed his own abilities. It, it wasn't something where he had <coughs> supernatural or, or getting bit by a radioactive spider or anything like that. That was something you could actually do. That's why I always liked Batman. And I loved The Dark Knight, but I, I hated The Dark Knight Rises. I thought that movie sucked. That was just... Gets his back broken and he's he's guilt in a month. Yeah, okay. 
you want to know how bad Man of Steel is? It makes Superman returns look like a good movie. You are so right. I know. I'm so right. Because none of us like Superman Returns. And, and saw, and so I saw Man of Steel, and I feel the same way that a lot of people feel about Man of Steel. And Superman Returns just happened to be on, and I, I left it on to watch it for a little while, and I'm like, holy crap, this is good. Oh my god, what am I saying? <laughs> <laughs> it's Superman. Like, if nothing else, Superman Returns is Superman. So. Oh my god. No. <laughs> Well, you do, something, oh. I'm sorry, I, he had something he wanted to say. I was going to let him in. Well, I was just going to say, you have choices now because the technology has gotten there. The CGA, uh, now the writers. I don't, I don't think that's it. I, I really, I honestly don't think that's it. I it's think the it's stories. the stories. Yeah. You know, there, there's this wealth of story in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because they can draw from, you know, 50 years of comic books and, and they have all these great storylines, the Civil War kind of stuff. They have all sorts of fun stuff they can play with. And so they can just kind of pick and choose and take the best stuff. They could take somebody most people have never heard of, like Ant-Man, and make a really fun movie. They could do, you know, we got things like the Black Panther coming up. What I wish they'd do is Black Widow. That's the one I want to see. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, you know, yeah, it's like, yeah. wake up, that's going to be a great one. But what they did, like with Captain America, I was never a big fan of Captain America, but I think Chris Evans, he really brought that to life. And I didn't think he was that good an actor until I saw uh, one of the cut scenes from the Avengers that had ended up in the, in the Winter Soldier, where he's there with you know, the, the girl she's died is she's got the Alzheimer's and you can just see it, he sells it with a look. That's great. You watch Daredevil and what Vincent D'Onofrio did with the Kingpin. Oh my god. You have this amazing writing and then you have this phenomenal actor who breathes his life into it and you are there and you are with him and it was just incredible. So yeah. I'm in heaven, I love it. I'm with you, Gary. We're, we're on the same page here. So so take us away, give us a superhero rant, because I want one. <laughs> oh, there's something. Yeah, I mean, Man of Steel had fantastic CGI. Fantastic. I, I, I don't even know where to start with my rant. <laughs> but yeah, I, I could go, you know, Agent Carter. We don't have Black Widow, but we do have Agent Carter, who yep. is, is fantastic. Uh, I, I hope we're, we're going to have a Wasp movie. Oh my gosh. And I, and I hope they do. I trust them. And the, the thing about the Marvel movies is I trust them. Um, what I'm loving is that we've got so many different tones. You know, Daredevil was dark and violent, and they did a really good job with the darkness and the violence. I did not like Dark Knight. I, I had a really hard time with Dark Knight because uh, I, it was super violent, and I think it cheated. Um, it's PG-13, um, which I think was the wrong rating. I think it needed to be R, but they were going for the PG-13, and they got it by not showing sprays of blood. It's well, so it's having, so freaking arbitrary. Yeah. Am I and having nobody say fuck? Right. It is so it's so That's, arbitrary. So I felt like yeah. this movie was trying to be super violent, but it cheated to get the PG thirteen rating to pander. And then you've got Daredevil, which is like we're just gonna yeah. <laughs> throw it all out there, and it's super violent. And I can watch that and get that tone. And then I can turn around and watch The Flash, which is so gee whiz, gosh darn it, happy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Barry Allen loves being The Flash, and I love watching him love being The Flash. And completely different tone. Um, and, and I really, really want to like The Flash. I, I have and I been just trying to sell it. And can't I, like it. There, there are people who, yeah, and I've been hearing that. Yeah, um, and I don't know what to tell you. I actually <laughs> removed myself from the Arrow Flash panel and found someone that really likes it to go be on the panel because I was like, I don't think I'm right for that one. <laughs> They're gonna hurt you. I like Arrow, but Flash is just. Yeah, so what about Gotham? I tried. 
I couldn't do it. Oh my goodness. It, it was, I can tell you the exact moment where I turned it off. Somebody's well. Oh. There, a lot of people love it. I, I, I see this stuff online. I see people commenting about it. And uh, you know, or does, Tor.com does a lot of good TV reviews you know, week by week. And, and, and their reviewer loves it. Well, it's, um, it's, it's so dark television. I mean, it's just not you know, what you expect to see. But I, I turned the exact moment I turned it off is when they once again we see Bruce Wayne's parents get shot in the alley and that we're, we have to go through that whole thing all over again. But Selena Kyle's like watching from the catwalk, you know, and I'm going, Yeah. What are we doing here? What is what? I, and I just turned it off. Yeah, I kind of like the way they did the Penguin guy, but I, I couldn't get into the show because mm -hmm. where can you go? You have no place to go with that show. We know how it ends. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to change it, so. Yeah. And they're in, they're kind of locked in. It's like they could yeah. try and divert and just take it somewhere else, but then half the people be mad because no, I want to see my story that I love, and that you know, well, and then half the people are mad because you're seeing the story that you love, and it's not quite right. You but know? I think that's why this season is doing the rise of the villains. I think that's exactly why why they're doing it because they're trying to expand the world. Kind of my point. It's like we can all watch different things, yes. and we can all like our things. That's throughout. the wonderful part it's of it. Yeah. Great. That's it's great. great part. Yeah. 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 Because once again, during that wasteland of the '90s, there was Lois and Clark, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is a fine show. It doesn't hold up very well, but um, yeah. but yeah, it's like we had one choice. Yeah. But for you, Angel. Yeah. So I so I just love that we can all have our yeah. We, you know, we all are listening to our favorite TV shows, and they're all different because that's. Yeah. And different things about them that make us like them. You yeah. know? Like, again, I, I hate to keep going back to Daredevil, but I actually love going back to Daredevil, so too bad. Because one of the things I love, they have the, 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 the fight scene in the hallway where it's kind of a rip on old boy. And what they did in that that I loved is he's tired at the end of the fight. Yes. He is just about falling against the wall at the end of this fight. He has given everything to go save this kid. You're there. You know, that's how it would be. How many it's how many not... people back that up and watched it like five more times? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The drag people, you gotta see. My eyes was like, I just think I blinked for you know the yeah. whole scene, and then I was like, yeah. no, I'm going back. Well, it's one more. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna like go slow mo. No, it's <laughs> not. Yeah, it's amazing. There are two hidden edits in it. Yeah, well, you're usually. But I mean, but they make it look like a one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think you had a question or um, a comment. Nah, the time just passed. It was a stupid. We'll bring it back to the little stupid comments. Yeah. Oh, I just, I signed Cena. Actually, right now it would be Daredevil. And that fight scene is just incredible. The, it, the ambition of them is just, you can, you can think they could do something yeah. like that off. The athleticism of it yeah. and everything about it just was, the energy was incredible. Did they do that all in one, one cut, too? There are two hidden notes, but yeah. And you go back to it. And I don't know if in season one of, now that they've gotten on to season two, but I saw a very interesting literary critique of Gotham that was arguing that it's actually the prequel to the Adam West Batman universe. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and that's why it's so ridiculous and doesn't make sense, even though it's super hardcore. But they really they went through plot point by plot, and they're that like, almost get me "This to is it. yeah." And I was like, "No, I kind of want to." Bring in the giant snow right. cones so they can be stuck in there. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's totally yeah. the Adam West people. You had talked about how in um, Dark Knight that you felt like they were cheating by not showing the blood to get PG-13. What is your take on Wolverine's Berserker Rage in X-Men 2, then? 
Because that's yeah. a universally acclaimed. So which, say, say that again. Which in in X Men Two, um, when all the striker, uh, when all the soldiers are coming after the kids, oh, yeah, 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 Wolverine yeah. flips out and kills yeah. like twenty people. Yeah. But once again, no blood. But, but I got a feeling you're gonna say you liked X Men Two. I, I did. I did. I, I, the overall tone of the movie is different. Okay. Um, I, I'd say part of what bothered me about Dark Knight is that they were making a statement about violence. Okay. That the movie was making a statement about um, that the horrible things that people do to each other. And you know, there, there, there's a, an analysis of Dark Knight out there that proposes that Joker is the hero of that. That the main character is actually the Joker, and and he's this embodiment of chaotic violence almost. And you know, it's horrific the things that he does in that movie. You know, the, the I will never, I, I want to bleach the pencil scene out of my brain, you know? Um, whereas X-Men 2, I think, is was not about violence. Um, and the tone of the entire movie is lighter. Um, and and I think it feels like a PG-13 movie. It doesn't feel like a rated R movie. So I, that would be my argument. Some more of the character motivations where Joker's oh. doing it because he's chaotic, but Wolverine's doing it to, like... Wolverine's protect and defend. Well, yeah. it's, also, it's also a character moment for Wolverine, though. Mm -hmm. and, and it makes sense for his character, because that's what he Because he lets, lets loose. Yeah. Okay. He's finally letting it loose, and people have been waiting for that. Yeah. Right. Wait for the claws to come out. <laughs> so it hasn't worked. Give us something to rip on here, yes. Yeah. Do you think it's the actors that make you watch the movies? In other words, Chris Evans. Okay? There have been many... Captain America. <laughs> we won't mention several. I was going to say. <laughs> 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 but even the actors didn't mention and wish it wasn't part of their their well, history. Okay. Um, I, I actually, my Bruce Wayne would be, um, I can't remember his name, but I do. Um, he did Top Secret. Uh, Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer, yes. Good Bruce Wayne, bad Batman. Bad Batman. Yes. Okay, and, 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 um, uh, the original, the original Kevin Conroy. Yeah, but like, okay. Adam West had a Exactly, I did not. There's only one Batman, and that's Kevin Conway. Or, yeah. Kevin Conroy. Kevin Conroy, yeah. When I read the that's comics, that's, that's the voice I hear. Yeah. And, and Mark Hamill's Joker. If you look at how Michael Keaton and his past movies were, when they announced that he was going to be Batman, you're like, hey, I remember that. that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Not, it wasn't happy, it wasn't dark, okay? It was, he, he actually pulled it off. He pulled it off, and it gave us a great moment in Supernatural, too. Which, if you have not yeah. seen Birdman, and, and that would be my other argument, is that without the current kind of oversaturation or saturation, we might not, I don't think we're at the over part, um, but without kind of the, the cultural norm of, of all of that, Birdman could not have happened. You were right. We could not have, have gotten that fantastic, amazing movie that comments on everything from theater to superheroes, everything. I, I don't um, know, I think, I think we could have gotten Birdman 
Um, I mean, it wouldn't have been Birdman because it wouldn't have been a superhero, but, you know, you'd still have that sort of issue with movies like Star Trek, Star Wars, Harry Potter. I mean, yeah, there, is that, I, there is that sort of media saturation, you know, affecting is, actors' careers thing going on with, others, with other movies outside the superhero genre. But to specifically have Michael Keaton playing that character and oh, his yeah, character that. commenting on the movie, you know, these guys, this, all these movies wouldn't have happened. I opened the door for them. You know, he's got this entire rant. Yeah. You know, that was me. They, they owe me. <laughs> you know, while he's got the giant Birdman character like looking behind him. Yeah. Um, it was fantastic. You know, and I've been thinking about Mystery Men. It's a fantastic superhero movie. It came out in 1999. Uh huh. No. Um, no, because we saw it. I, I, um, um, yeah, it was about 1999, I think. Um, flopped. Because yeah. nobody knew what the heck to do with it. I think if it came out now, it, would, it would be a hit. Because people have that language now in the way that they didn't 15, 16 years ago. Uh, you know, just in the broader cultural sense. Um, well, it was, was kick-ass for the 1990s. Oh, it was fantastic. I mean, like, it's kick-ass. Kick oh, the kick-ass yeah. 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 I think they have their work cut out for them because, you know, um, I, and I grew up too in the 70s watching all the same things, but I didn't read comics, and um, so I don't have that background history. My husband did. He didn't maybe watch the shows, but he, but he read tons of comics. So when we go to like a movie like that together, we're getting different things out of it, and the movie, the filmmakers have to reach both of us, yeah. and they, they really do have their work cut out for them to to reach the muffles and to reach the, the, the capes, you know, it's tough. I have a question, what about the DC, the disconnect between DC animated movies that do really are fantastic and then, yeah, and then DC cinematic where it's like... Or the TV, the DC TV versus... Yeah, DC TV. Why? I think I can actually answer that a little bit. Nobody at Warner takes the DC cartoons seriously, so they give the people who are making those a lot of creative freedom. But they really worry about the movies, so the movies find themselves absolutely slogged down in committee. And there's an entire board of producers sitting there going, no, we have to have this and we have to do this. And so the movies just get board of directors into crappiness. Yeah, and there's also a difference as far as the, the writers, because again, they're going to put their finger in more on that. And like with the like Batman the Animated Series, they hired people like Joe Lansdale. You know, you're going to get something really cool from up to Joe Lansdale. I'm sorry, no matter what he's writing, it's going to be awesome. So, you know, that makes a difference. I, I feel like the movies are still caught in that kind of, that 1980s postmodern superhero shtick. Um, you know, the, the Dark Knight, Frank Miller, um, Watchmen, Wild Cards a little bit. You know, it's, it's novels, but it was still that let's deconstruct and pathologize superheroes. You know, let's, let's see what would really happen to people who put on masks and beat up bad guys. They would be mentally ill, and, you know, and let's explore that. And, and let's go dark, because in the 80s and the 90s, going dark was really cool. Um, and it's gotten old, but I don't think the people making those movies have realized that it's, it's passe. I, the thing that has kind of killed me about the, the Marvel movies um, is that every single time, um, it's been like, well, this is an obscure character that nobody understands, and it's going to flop. Well, this is an obscure character that nobody understands that it's going to flop. You know, they said it with Captain America. It's like modern audiences are too cynical to accept Captain America as an actual hero. And then the movie comes out and everyone's, it's like we've been starved. Yeah. Yeah. It's so starved and so um, 
it, and, and it's time. It's time for idealism. I, I was talking about this yesterday. Guardians of the Galaxy, the climactic yes. moment is all of the main characters holding hands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and I was you know, and coming together yeah. to stop the bad thing. And, 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 and by God, we love it because we're starved. Yeah, right, right, right. I have to do a baby group dance. Yeah, but the DC, they're, they're like doubling down on the grim dark, and, and it's not working. DC movies, the animated movies, though. Because I think it's what, what there's, there's less money invested. They don't. They're not worried about that so much. Yes. Was it more the fact that now, growing up reading comics? I had to read what my brother said, which was Sergeant Rock and Fantastic Four. But the thing is, is that while they're, they use the comics as a basis of the characters, you know, look at that Marvel has not followed exactly what the comics had. You know, the reason why Captain America made it, made it was because it wasn't all sugar saturation that the comics were, but that there was more blend, more what is now more, you know, the thing is, it, and of course I'm finding out in Marvel, nobody really dies. I expect well, Quicksilver to, yeah. 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 to come back, especially since we have a time eventually to come into it. But the idea is, is that while they have the basis of the comics, which, all right, probably the majority of us grew up on, it's not the comics we read. It is bringing them to now and expanding and uh, allowing imagination to go just a little bit further that's not quite unbelievable. And, and we a, need a, it now. Yeah, then there's another aspect to it as well with Marvel because they're looking at building a cinematic universe and therefore they can set something up with a little Easter egg at the end that's going to pay off in another movie down here. And people know now to sit through the credits to watch yeah. that Easter yeah. egg when they get the, 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 the DVDs. You know? There was no Easter egg in Ultron. There was the mid credit. There was the mid credits thinger where you've got um, Thanos comes out. And yeah, that's not really yeah. Easter egg like they did with you know showing the In some cases, you have the, the credits are way too long. People have to get to the bathroom, so show me another large coke. Who has to have a cigarette? Yes, Dave. Speaking about needing a cigarette, um, how many people, I mean, found, having seen the uh, previews for Supergirl, which I believe is spring years tomorrow night, yeah, yes, uh, yes. expect to need a cigarette, possibly an antacid? conceivably a good strong shot of vodka before sitting down and watching that. Yeah. Oh, well, we have we have choices. We don't have to watch it now. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I, 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 to see it. I, I, I'm looking forward to see it. Yeah. yeah, I have hopes for that. And, and, and one of the reasons I do is because I have a 13-year-old daughter who um, spent much of her childhood dressed like a boy so that she because that's where the action was, right? Boys get to do everything. And so now she's got a girl to watch that's girly. Like, it's like a girl, but it's still doing cool stuff. And I love that girls are going to have that, because girls don't have to be 
fake boys in order to do cool stuff. And so I, I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm very helpful. And I'm not looking at But it does get down to audience. It just might not be for you. Like yeah. you might not be that interested in that kind of thing. And and honestly, I probably personally wouldn't be that interested in it, except I have a 13-year-old girl who could, frankly, is in dire need of a girl to look up to in the media. Oh, yeah. So exactly. you know, and your 13-year-old girl to. I, I think the timing's really good here because it's so close to her games, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and she did not she did not like that. She didn't like Hunger Games. She tried the film and she tried reading the books and she didn't like it. It didn't appeal to her. So, you know, to me that's great that we've got this, you know, we are getting some wider range um, characters here. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, the last Supergirl we had could have been a playbook pin up. And uh, I think she's still learning how to act. I'm not sure. But uh, Having a having a supergirl who is not built well like a brick outhouse if you'll pardon me. <laughs> uh, who is a, just a normal looking what fifteen, yeah. sixteen year old girl strikes me as very affirmative. Right. Yes. Affirmative. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm looking forward to. That's the that's kind of what you're hoping for on something like that. Exactly. And again, if people don't like it, they don't have to watch it. There's plenty of other stuff. They can watch Agent Carter. They have other things that they can watch. <laughs> Didn't have that before. Did you have a question or comment? DVR. I see your hand. Um, I was just going to say, DC's actually, um, they're failing in a lot of places, but they're releasing a whole line of dolls um, that are all the girls. It's Harley Quinn, it's Supergirl, it's, and they're like, you know, very, they're dressed well, they're not skimpily clad. And, like, I think it's a nice, positive thing for girls to have and I think it's something that's been missing it's the element that's been missing from the superhero branch yes is the female element of that yes I mean I get a Wonder Woman for a movie because what get back to the corporatizing of it the Wonder Woman movie apparently is supposed to be in Canada on timeline prior to BBS which is like you are rushing BBS you are just corporatizing the heck out of this you can't you know what I mean like it's just yeah it, it's it's like if Marvel could figure out the action figures and like actually get a good, you know, Black Widow action figure, which apparently they have a lot of trouble with. And and then if DC could get the movies to go with the good action figures, <laughs> 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 and get it together to like, like the whole package. Going yeah, on. yeah, it's for each other. Because I, I gotta say I I do not have a lot of faith in how they're gonna handle Wonder Woman, um, because she, she's. She's got a bit part, I guess, or a cameo or something. In, in it's numbers. it's supposed yeah. to be an extend. It's supposed to, I guess, it's supposed to be an extended cameo in yeah. um, BBS. So, which is still possibly the stupidest name. Well, so so we know Zack Snyder is directing this thing. Yeah. Um, Zack Snyder of Watchmen, which I enjoyed, um, but also Sucker Punch, which I did not enjoy. Yeah. Um, and and he's kind of a, a Frank Miller fanboy groupie guy. Um, and I don't know if you know how Frank Miller handles Wonder Woman, which is not well at all. Oh, no, no, no. Um, so my, my prediction is is that, that there, there's going to be a left triangle, and it's going to be Superman and, and Batman are eventually going to have to be duking it out for the, the affections of Diana Prince or whatever the hell thing is going on there. So she's basically going to be there to be 
the girl. For yeah. them, for the guys. She's, she's gonna be yeah. like, that's my prediction. Um, she's not there to beat them up like she probably should be. She's not there to beat them both up, which she has done. I, I would enjoy watching that. <laughs> <laughs> it's come out the end and not the ball. Well, they beat each other's ass, so she goes, I don't want to you. Yeah. See ya. So I just based on the film, you know, the director's previous outings and based on what I have, you know, the worst that can possibly happen with that is, is really pretty damn bad. Yeah. Um, so I, I am not, my hopes are not high. Well, they did pick Ben Affleck to be uh, Batman. Isn't that bad yeah. enough, though? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think like he works as Batman. I think, think he can do it. Like, I think he can do it. I think he can do it. I hope he's going to do it. He, he very well could. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he was No, just just saying that I, I might be pleasantly surprised at the five minute half because I felt the same way when they chose Daniel Craig to be born. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, well, people think it's that they chose Daniel Craig to be That's right. I'm sort of here because I remember it was Gary Campbell's. That's fault. That one is fault. I still have that. Maybe you can yeah. Where he plays George Reeves, the yeah. Uh, yeah. original Superman. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. So, you know, we're coming full circle here. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Um, I like that guy. I think he's, he's a good actor in an ensemble. Um, uh, and, yeah, when he has good actors to bounce off of, he's, he's even better. So. And then if he has good dialogue to play off of, it's yes, that that's much better. Yeah, that's, that was, the, I think, the bigger exactly. problem with yeah. Daredevil. Yeah. 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 Was not there, and again, uh, you can't blame the the writers necessarily because the producers are going to put millions of dollars into this. We're going to have to, you know, everybody has to have their fingers in the pie, and they can really mess things up. And so that wasn't overseen by by people like uh, Kevin Feige at, at Marvel, where they're watching over how these things are going now. And because they're making money, they're letting them do it. You know, they're saying, oh, here, okay, here, we'll we'll invest. We want a piece of this. <coughs> the, the screenwriting stuff. It, Things get changed all the time, and unless you have a, a, a major actor who will come in and have the power, or a director who says, no, we have to go back to what we had before, you can end up with a really, really bad script. And, yeah, again, that's, this happens. Well, and that's why I gave up on, on Wonder Woman. I mean, after they fought Joss Whedon, it was like, okay, I don't even care. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even care about Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah. If they, if, they, if they hire somebody... Who would actually know what to do with it? Then that would be a different story. But I guess Perry was busy. Yeah, <laughs> they never called you. Say they should have. They should have. Because I'll, I'll bet you could have come up with something that would really kick ass. So. Um. I so I've gone back and watched some of the Linda Carter Wonder Woman. The first season is fantastic. It's pre. It, you know, it's a little bit corny because mm -hmm. it's the 70s and everything in the 70s was a little bit corny. Sure. But they. It's the period, it, 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 so they're doing, it's World War II, um, you know, she rescues Steve Trevor yeah. in the first episode, and then she rescues him in the second episode. <laughs> 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 
Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. We spoke and they listened. That's amazing. That it, because honestly, that wouldn't have happened. That one scene where she's like under the dinosaur, she's all in her little pose, and I was just oh, like, oh, yeah. oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we used to be better um, at, at women characters. Like, I think back to Linda Carter and yeah. Lindsay Wagner. Um, you know, we, we, had, we got Alien, and nobody batted an eye. Um, Linda Hamilton in Terminator, nobody batted an eye. Uh, go back and watch the original RoboCop. Um, Nancy Allen, the, the, the Officer Lewis, is just there. And, like, nobody bats an eye. And I was so furious. I didn't go see the remake because Officer Lewis is now, like, Officer Joe somebody. And, and, and it's like they... they you know, over the last uh, you know, 15 or so years, those characters have just gone away. They've just been erased. And I don't know, I, I have my ideas, but that would, I'd start getting political and I don't want to do that. Um, but but it, it's, people don't trust the audience to be able to handle it. And there are people who don't know how to write. Like, they get so an anxious and hung up, and, and so they, they don't approach writing women characters like they approach writing male characters. And they should. It's like, they, they, they're characters, you know? But who's doing most of the writing? That's changing, too. That's what yes. it is. It's, 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 um, it's like, yesterday, we meet the first Yeah. Yeah, you've had your hand up for a while. There are female characters in comics that mm -hmm. are becoming a focus for young girls, like um, Squirrel Girl, or as well, which is not a, which is not meant to, which is, even beat Thanos and other things that you wouldn't think a character that has really odd superpowers should be able to do, but that's more of the focus for it, and that's good. But I forgot where I was going to go with this, but either way. <laughs> I, I would say Gail's the ones run on Birds of Prey. Yeah. The whole team of girls. And I'll, I'll don't need guns. At least in Arrow, you have like you know women who are lawyers, and hence all of them have actual you know, respectable jobs. They're not just their CEO. The, Mm -hmm. yeah, they run companies and, and, and things like that, which I, I think you need a lot more of. There's a scene in the first season, it's just brilliant because, so Tommy's dating Laurel and Ollie is dating, yeah, set a cop, I think, and they, yeah. so they go on this double date, and the women are the lawyer and the cop, and they're talking shop, where, and their significant others are these pretty boy, playboy <laughs> millionaires who are useless, they're arm candy, um, and I'm watching this scene going, yes, <laughs> fantastic. But they, but they are, but, but Arrow is making a concerted effort, and, and yeah. has been all along, yeah. which is just awesome, because all of a sudden you have, um, you have a, a world that looks like the real world, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's so refreshing, which yeah, make, lends it so much credibility and believability, yeah. you know, to me. Yeah. Speaking of strong women characters, I've heard the... I've heard rumors about the casting of Captain Marvel as Ronda Rousey. Oh yeah, Ronda Rousey. She's lobbying for it. She wants to be yeah. Captain Marvel. Whether she actually gets to be Captain Marvel, nobody knows at this point. Yeah, yeah I, I, I mean, rumors around that are like a mile a minute. So. Any thoughts on that? Hmm? Any oh. thoughts on that casting? Or? Come on, Katie Sackhoff. Yeah. <laughs> I would love oh, Katie Sackhoff. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Katie yes. Sackhoff would do a better job. She could do <laughs> a much better job. It's about a female bond. She's so good. Why not? Why not? I think the female Doctor Who. They're sort of struggling with the ethnic issue. 
Not that jealous of their other problem. Yeah. England is so multicultural now. Why not? Oh, yeah. yeah. Got it. And the, yeah. some of the best we've seen. That's not very fun. Because of that. Yeah, I, I was something I noticed is that like it seems like a lot of the most popular, at least in the comic books universe, uh, women are the villains. Like Harley Quinn, I would argue, is really the most popular female in all of comics right now. It's she's just huge and she's the villain. And I was just wondering, it's like, like what's the greatest foil for a female superhero? Female villain. <laughs> so I always think that that's kind of a part of like female villains seem to be much more popular than female heroes are. People just love a conniving, controlling female villain. I don't know. Again, it probably goes back to the white male writer kind of oh, yeah. so. and, and you know, this is completely off the subject, but we have a, a channel that shows like the old Renaissance and stuff. And, and so I was watching some of the old, some of the, the first series. The women are either tramps or they're the villain. I mean, the women are always. The bad, they're no, they're hard, or but else they're some the fatal flaw. Well, yeah, or else they're the simpering little helpless that Harry's got to get out of the yeah. 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 Wow, thank God for Della Street, right? And, well, Della Street was about the only, yeah, yeah. the only yeah. strong, and she held her own. Yeah. She was good. She could hold her, hold her own. But I thought, wow, in some ways we've come a long way, and in some ways we're still back to well, <laughs> and that's the problem. Is what happens is that. When, when the writers and filmmakers approach the women characters as tropes, yeah. and that's the trap that I think people fall into, is that, that we, well, we need a femme fatale because of this. We need this kind of character yeah. because we've always had this kind of character. You know, this this story is set up to have this trope that, yeah, it, it, I think it's, it's just for a very long time, people, you know, our storytelling traditions do not treat women as characters. They treat them as tropes, and so we're having to break we're having to break out of it, and we're having to break out of it kind of every generation. We have to kind of fight the fights over again uh, just a little bit uh, because it's the stories we grow up with. Um, I was just thinking of the Bond thing. Um, I don't know if somebody mentioned you know, female Bond, and, and I thought, oh, God, think of, like, the purists. I mean, would, like, all have heart attacks and die because they're all really old. They're getting old now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I was thinking of the generationally, we are going to come out of this because, honestly, the people who want... Who have to have a male bond um, will probably start to die off eventually. We're talking about Katie Sackhoff, we survived with Apollo. What trope was Lois Lane in the 40s? Was she a recycled trope or was she actually something really affirmative that Seal and Schuster did? I'm both. Um, you know, because she was the intrepid girl reporter. Um, was that a thing? That, that was kind of awesome because the '30s is also when you get the invention of Nancy Drew. Um, you get a lot of, of, you know, the intrepid girl, whatever. Um, that that was actually a thing. There was a great article about Nancy Drew and and, and the original Carolyn Kane that, that was in the Atlantic, I want to say, a, a few months ago. Um, they uh, they toned Nancy Drew down when they reprinted them in the '40s and '50s. She was uh, apparently like much more intrepid and much more like go-getter and much more um, like getting into fights and facing danger and things. And then they, they went over them and cleaned them up and polished the edges off for the for the yeah. 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 Carolyn so King was a, a house name. I think Helen Stansmeyer was one oh, as well. There you go. Yeah. 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 yeah so. Um, but yeah, she she wrote. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Nancy Drew as 
which is where I think I think Lois Lane was originally part of that same thing. But she was also a convenient. We need Superman to rescue somebody, but he's also rescuing Jimmy Olsen. So it's like, well, there, there was some stuff going on there during the war. I, you know, I, I think. I mean, I could be mistaken, but I think it was you know getting more common for women to step out in the workplace just because there were yes. a lot of men yeah. not around. They had to. Yeah. They had to, and so I always thought you she see that kind of on, uh, Kevin Pepper, my girlfriend. I think I got that. But after the war, there was also a really conscious propaganda I'm sorry, about the culture to depict women as housemakers so that they would all get out exactly. of the world. Right, exactly. So I think that's, that's yeah. why you see that yeah. and then you see it. Mm -hmm. we got yeah, well, there's a question with the yeah, very back. I think she's yeah. I was noticing in the latest uh, attempt to do Narnia as films, they're getting pretty good at it. I noticed that they're keeping the nice, strong female characters in that. And most of the major heroes in Narnia series, other than the lion, are ladies. And the Narnia films are doing a job with the characters, with the female. I loved Narnia as a kid, and it really, it really was the girl characters that I could. They're the ones you know. It is Narnia to begin with. Right, and they, and they, they're just, and they're the ones that that are. They're so instrumental in everything that happens. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think you have. Oh, no, keep your time for you. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, gotcha. Oh. As, that's what I was just looking at. I'm going, we have two minutes left. We have time for probably one more question. This lady right here. And over here? Yes. Yes. Most of, the, most of the really cool things we're seeing are like reboots. And sometimes the reboots are so close, you mess up your, in your memory, your actors, because it's like, you know? Yes. From Fantastic yeah. Four to Fantastic yes. Four to, you know. So I'm wondering what is out there that's new that people are writing? Not based on comic books, or are we talking about comic books specifically? Even or comic books, because there's new there's new material out there as well. Correct. New comic books. Oh yeah. 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 So I mean, because we seem to be going back to the the old ones. What's I have, I have some hopes for you know for Netflix um, now that they're in producing, and, and they had they yes. had such you know they did Daredevil so well. Um, I, I hope they don't get caught in the dark trap. Um, you know, because Jessica Jones is looking dark too, which I mean, I love that kind of thing, so I'm all happy about it, but I, I hope they don't get stuck in that trap, well, this works, let's keep making really dark, you know, violent stuff, because they can obviously, um, there's a lot of ways they can yeah. go, but I, I have hopes in that, you know, that we, we're seeing that new, maybe new production companies that's really being able to do some different things. And Agent Carter is original oh. to the yeah. movie. You know, yeah. she, she's not from the comics, and, and that series was amazing. It's amazing. It was freaking yeah. amazing, and we're going to get more with her, so I'd say Agent Carter. Uh, I'm really looking forward to, I'm going to get the name wrong, The Legends of Tomorrow, yes. um, which is another spin-off from Arrow and Flash, um, with the guy who played uh, Arthur Rory um, from Doctor Who is in that. Um, so it's basically taking all the second straighters from, from Arrow and, and Flash and giving them their own show. Yep. And heroes and villains alike. Yes. <laughs> Probably a good time to. We are so thank you, Thrill. Thank, thank you very thank much. You. This has been a Blood Alcohol Content Network production. For more information, visit www.bacnpodcast.com. 
your home for almost bacon and banjo!